who decided that being an actor or a painter or a dancer makes you a one-dimensional human being? Couldn't we actually say that the more complete a life that I am actively living, that actually that will strengthen all of all of the things that I do, including my, let's say, primary art. Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, Wise Artist Podcast. Ready to journey in boundless creativity, purpose, and adventure as a creative soul? Hey, I'm Lara Bianca Pilcher. I'm passionate about empowering you to live out your creative dreams and nurture yourself at the core of your journey. Let's delve into the art of vibrant living, artistry, and creative expression. As an artist, actor, and showbiz educator with over 20 years of experience in the arts and entertainment industry across London, Australia, and now Atlanta, USA, I'm here to guide you through the twists and turns of this ever-evolving creative world. As an educator and life coach, I've had the privilege of guiding aspiring and professional artists and creative people from all walks of life. So when you tune into this podcast, you can expect nothing less than genuine conversations that have shaped my journey. It's a brave adventure I'm excited to share with you. Imagine this podcast as your masterclass where you'll learn how to craft a fulfilling and vibrant creative life. Get ready for the Healthy Wealthy Wise Artist Podcast, your key to unlocking the full potential of your creative soul. Stay tuned for enlightening conversations, practical tips, and inspiring stories that will elevate your artistry, life, and creative journey. There is two parts to this interview because it is so freaking good. So make sure that you realize that you've got two parts to listen to and enjoy. Coming up in this episode, how can artists strike a balance between pursuing their passion and ensuring financial stability? What financial challenges do non-traditional earners face and what practical strategies can they implement to overcome them? In creative careers, an industry known for its unpredictability, how can artists build a resilient financial foundation to weather the highs and lows of their careers? And what role does mindset play in achieving financial success for individuals in both the entertainment industry and all of the arts world? How can one cultivate a positive and empowering financial mindset? Coming up with Mayata Idoga from Abundance Bound. Let's dive into some of the valuable insights that you offer. And I want to start with asking you about your personal artist journey and story that made you realize the importance of shifting one's financial mindset. For artists who may feel overwhelmed by their financial challenges. Yes, yes. Well, I think, you know, it's the way you just said that for artists who may feel overwhelmed by their financial challenges, because that is truly what happened for me, was that I became completely and totally overwhelmed by my financial challenges. And I feel, in retrospect, and I'll tell my story, but I feel in retrospect, it's because no one prepared me (laughs) for that part. In other words, people say things like, well, when you're choosing an artist's path, I specifically am an actor, but you know, if you're going to be an actor, you have to be ready to struggle, right? People say things like that, but what does that actually mean? And so what I discovered is that, you know, I, when I I finished school, I trained at a conservatory in London, I then moved to Los Angeles to pursue my career, and I was ready to work 
hard. I didn't have any fantasies that said, oh, I was going to be discovered at Trader Joe's, right? I was absolutely ready to dive in. I came to Los Angeles with a budget. I tried to be as extremely clear as possible about that. But what I didn't understand were the challenges of earning like a roller coaster, of earning, getting those opportunities. And that's all very exciting. Having that income come in, but then having the ability to go months without additional income coming in. And when you're told, get a day job, well, there's also all of these mixed messages that I now have some very strong opinions about. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there's some very mixed messages. So a lot of what I was being told all those years ago was, don't do anything that could distract from your acting career. You must keep yourself available. Like, I don't exactly, available exactly for what? No one, but, but you know, you have to keep yourself available. Don't let anybody know you're doing anything else because then they might not think that, they'll think you're not taking acting seriously. So all of these kinds of messages that then led me to approach part-time work with very much a kind of shotgun approach of just whatever I could run around doing to make money, just grabbing at every opportunity. And essentially, as a result, I was working all the time. I was exhausted all the time. And honestly, I was still broke. And so I've shared this story in a number of places, but genuinely, um, one was that I got into over $80,000 of credit card debt, over $80,000. But also, I was seriously endangering my pursuit of an acting career. I, at one point, actually, honestly, nearly missed a curtain for a show that I was in because I got stuck at one of my day jobs. I really just was showing up to every audition, every opportunity with a desperation that I am certain just probably just uh, came from my every pore. Um, And I was so scared and so emotionally overwrought. Um, And all of that was, was because of the money. And so essentially, you know, there were a number of breaking points. The debt was a breaking point. The nearly missing the curtain was a huge breaking point. And fundamentally, Lara, I realized that I was going to either have to quit or I was going to have to figure out the money. And that set me off on a journey of learning that honestly has never ended because it doesn't 
ever end. Um, but it got me started on a journey of really having to uh, understand how to manage things for this career that I intended and continue to intend to be for my lifetime. Um, how how to really solve, for lack of a better word, the financial dilemma. Um, and so I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but as I learned and as I shifted slowly, no magic, <laughs> I just started saying, goodness, I wish in university, in the conservatory, that someone had taught me this. And um, yeah, now almost 19 years ago, that was what led to me starting Abundance Bound, financial education specifically for entertainment professionals, actors, artists, non-traditional earners. Yeah. Wow. It's such an inspiring story because there's hope just breathing like out of your pores, if that's even possible. Because yeah. <laughs> for you, you've really redefined financial success. And I want to talk about challenging traditional financial rules for artists, which you led to, and breathing fresh air for non-traditional earners. Um, but I also want to chat about one of your stories of a client. And I read about in your newsletter, Liz, who was a Harvard MFA grad. Can you share her story and what happened for her when she met you? Yes, absolutely. And Liz is a wonderful story because I feel she so epitomizes drive, remarkable talent, but also the very real hurdles that we face on our road to fulfilling our creative and artistic dreams. And so Liz, yes, graduated from Harvard with an MFA and an inordinate amount of student loan debt. And that is, of course, extremely common. And she is a remarkably talented actor, a remarkably talented writer. Um, and when she looked at the student loan numbers, it just was keeping her frozen and feeling like she honestly didn't see the path forward. She didn't see the path forward creatively, but she also didn't see the path forward in terms of having a full life, um, wanting to get married, to have children, to own a home, like all of these things that just felt like she was going to have to keep pushing them off and pushing them off. And so when she came to me, what I would say is that she would probably just use the word stuck. She couldn't figure out what the best way forward was for her. And the thing that I think it's really important to share about Liz is that Liz, by all measures, has had tremendous success as an actor, like looking at her credits, very, very impressive 
roles that as actors we would be delighted to have. But there's also a reality about what that translates into numbers-wise, Laura, that I feel Mm. like we're just not that honest about out in the actual world. That's true. Um, And so she was having these successes and was still financially upside down and was still faced by this sort of tremendous student loan number. And a part of uh, the belief system that needed to shift was that Liz had, has, as I think all of us do, um, skills that she could absolutely translate into income, but was really struggling with the idea that, well, but I'm an actor. And if I do any of these other things, that will make me less of an actor. And so we really started by challenging that, right? Is that true? Um, And who decided that being an actor or a painter or a dancer makes you a one-dimensional human being? Couldn't we actually say that the more complete a life that I am actively living, that actually that will strengthen all of all of the things that I do, including my, let's say, primary art? And so Liz um, is an extremely skilled educator. And what we looked at was instead of kind of grabbing tutoring gigs here and there and, you know, assisting with this person's college essays and applications, and what if she were to really structure her talents and skills and the abilities, the ways that she is able to be of tremendously valuable service in the college application process. Looking at her experience as a Harvard grad and being able to translate that to assist students who want to go to all kinds of um, places. And um, that was really what she did. She built a side business that she structured in a way, and this is where I believe that thought comes in and planning comes in, but that she structured in a way that it could work alongside her primary career, but could generate income that would stabilize her. Mm. And her story is incredible because she continues to act. She continues to write. She is married. She has a beautiful daughter. They have bought their first home 
Um, they made the decision to live in Atlanta, you know, to recognize that like we are, she wasn't tied to LA. She could still have her business Mm. and her acting success, but be somewhere that was slightly more affordable. That's why I'm here. Yeah, that's why you're (laughs) there. An Australian in Atlanta. Yes. Yes. And um, it, it truly has also allowed her to be a much happier person. Mm. And that happiness is what will translate to everything I say that you're up to in the world. And we cannot underestimate when we insist on, and I'm going to use that word, insist on, because I believe that's what we're doing, when we insist on pain and struggle, that will absolutely have a detrimental effect on everything that that you want. And so, in summary, what I would say is that I think too many of us view our art and our money as two very separate things. And when we do that, we think about money taking us away from our art. What I believe is we really need to embrace that they are inextricably linked and that our relationship with money, the quality of that relationship will absolutely impact not just your art, but everything that you are in the world. And so we must actually embrace that our financial relationship is a relationship we must actively nurture and work on. And that is what Liz committed to. She committed to actively working on her financial relationship and the impact that that's had on every aspect of her life is immeasurable. That brings so much hope and you're you're really um, unchaining mindsets that really are outdated and have never served an artist's life. So just in a summary, how can artists redefine financial success on their terms. What's like your kind of go-to mojo phrase of this is what we do to redefine financial success? Right. So I believe that we have to stop looking or or attaching financial quote unquote success to stuff to these external markers of i have a certain amount in my bank account i have a certain net worth. I have the ability to buy certain things, to live in a particular home. We have to achieve solvency. That's the first thing as artists, is I believe that instead of looking at it as financial, quote unquote, success, 
we have to view our finances from the consideration of what allows me to keep doing what I'm here to do. That to me is financial success. And I put that in quotes. It's what allows me to keep doing what I'm here to do. That's it, yeah. I, I think all too often it's put out in, in front of us like something that when I get a, a particular break or a particular series of breaks, I will reach this magical financial success. What I would like to shift is that instead of talking about financial success, that we talk about the quality of our financial relationship. I would like for everybody to think about their finances truly like a relationship they have with a person who they value, okay? So if I consider my husband, for instance, we're now married for 27 years. And I consider, obviously, that is a relationship that I value. But if I want there to be another 27 years, we would be in agreement about what I need to bring to that relationship. You would say, Miata, you need to bring honesty to it. You definitely need to bring work. You need to bring understanding. You need to bring patience. You need to bring a sense of humor. Of course, you have to bring love and balance, right? You can't obsess about the marriage and then blow it off and then obsess about it again and then blow it off. We could speak for hours about the list of things that I need to bring to the relationship in order to, quote unquote, have a successful marriage, right? But the successful marriage isn't this thing that I'm fighting for. It literally is what am I willing to bring to the relationship? And so that's the conversations that I want us to be having. And I I need us to really have them, not just give lip service. What does it look like to bring understanding to your financial relationship? What does it look like to bring honesty to your financial relationship and balance and time and a sense of humor? Because honestly, the vast majority of us, we're just not doing it. We're not. And then we wonder why we're not, quote unquote, financially successful. We're not successful because we're not being kind in any way, shape, or form to the relationship. We just expect it to show up and be there and do what we need, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's a drum that I, I keep beating because... 
I do not believe that we will end the starving artist paradigm mm. until we accept this and really um, take it on. That's so true. And I hate the whole starving artist and that putting also artists in the box of both starving artists and emotionally wrecked. I, those two identities, I'm just like, no, that is outdated and also keeps us, I think, in a, a spiral that's not healthy. So I want to ask you about the critical day-to-day -day practices. Obviously, we're not going to get them all because <laughs> that's what you teach and it's, it's like a lot of stuff in there. But like what are some critical day-to-day -day practices that you recommend for effective money management? Maybe the top two? Yeah, sure. So what we, what we should do is we should look at the things that we know we have to bring to a relationship in order for that relationship to thrive. And then let's attach them to practical practices. So something I think everybody would say that any relationship that they are going to consider healthy, they would say honesty is a part of the relationship. Okay, so what does it look like to be honest when it comes to our financial relationship? I would say that honesty lies in transparency about the actual numbers, the actual reality of your situation right now. And the only way that we can get that is to actually track where our money is going, where every penny is going. And there are now plenty of softwares that allow us to do it, but that is a challenge that I would give to all of your listeners. Honesty, we say relationship must have honesty, so that would mean that if I came to any anybody, I'm not saying they would have to tell me, right? But they should be able to tell me honestly how much money goes towards groceries in your household, how much money goes towards entertainment, how much money goes towards investment in your career. That's a big one. How much money goes towards your car and your insurance and your rent and your food, your, your dining out, right? All of these things, the only way that we can achieve honesty is by a willingness to set up the systems that allow us to track. So that to me is one daily practice. If you truly did it daily which most of us aren't going to, but if you truly did it daily, it would take you minutes, minutes to actually record in some sort of system exactly what you spent and what the categories are that it went to. So I would say that's the first piece is the tracking. And what you want to do, we teach an entire process for really figuring out what you have been doing over the last six months. But I would say to move forward, what you want to do is you want to start tracking now. And once you have tracked for three months, 
you're going to have some really good data. Once you have tracked for six months, you're going to have exceptional data that will then allow you to plan. So what I say, another daily practice is that, or not really daily, but fundamentally, we must all have what I call a financial forecast. And what that is, is it is a plan for where you expect your money to go. Too many of us as artists, it does not work for me to say, I'll see what money comes in and then I'll budget it. Okay. Mm. That is for traditional earners. And that language, that education, it does not work for us. What we need to do instead is we need to separate our earnings from our expenses. I know that sounds weird because, of course, we are going to have to earn to cover our expenses. But the two are not linked. What you need to figure out totally separate from what it is you're earning is what are you spending? Let's get, let's go back to honesty. Let's get honest about that. What are you spending? Let's get really clear on how you're spending right now. Then we look at how you're spending right now. You go through it once we have clarity and you say, okay, what, now that I look at it, am I willing and able to change? What am I willing and able to change? That's where we look inside and we say, oh, what am I spending on restaurants? I didn't know that. But we might also look and say, wow, that rent is brutal. Is Are there possibilities for shifting it? But once I've looked and I have changed anything that I am willing and able to change, I have only one option. I must now figure out how to earn that amount. It's, there's there's no right magic here. Yeah. Once I've changed everything I'm willing and able to change, now I have a forecast and I must now earn that. I must in order to be able to continue doing the things that I'm here to do in the world. But having that clarity around what that number is, is what then keeps you from doing what I did, which is 11 part-time jobs running all over the place like a chicken with my head cut off. Because now we can get very intentional about our earnings. And as artists who have primary goals and dreams, we need to be intentional about how we are earning outside of our primary career because we only have so much time and so much energy, right? Mm -hmm. But in order to be intentional about how we're earning, we have to get very clear on precisely what it is that we need so that then we can really strategically approach what's going to be the fastest path to that for you. Is it a day job? Is it a side business? Everybody is going to be different, but we can then look 
at your needs, look at your schedule, and figure out what is going to make the most sense for you. It's so good. And it's funny, you talked about, you know, how much are we spending eating out? And I heard recently that eating out is your entertainment budget. It is not your food and grocery budget. And I was like, that is so good. Because 100%. Yeah, we're huge about that. Like, oh, you can never come to me with a category that's just food. No, no, no. no. We're looking at groceries. We are looking at restaurants. For some of us, we need to be looking at snacks. Some of us need to be looking at coffees. Now, some of us, for me now, uh, coffee, not so much a big deal, right? Yeah. So I can lump coffees with my restaurant's forecast. For yeah. some of us, we need to see specifically that coffees are separate. I had yeah, uh, clients once who really realized that yogurt land for them needed to be a separate category because they were kind of making two trips a week to yogurt land. They were a couple. And once they put their toppings on, they were easily spending 14 or $15 each time at yogurt land. And then they're doing that like twice a week-ish. And, the, and so it, it's, it just, there's no shame there. It's just bringing awareness. Oh, this is what we're doing. Now, let's just look at why, right? And so for them, and I see this a lot, there was a bonding, there was a walking together, mm, yeah, yogurt and getting yeah. it and sitting and right. Yeah. And I've had others where that it was their coffees and going together. And so none of this, oh, you have to stop. We, what we need to look at is we need to look at what you're honoring with these rituals. And then we need to figure out if you want to continue honoring it in that way, cool. We just, now that you're aware, you might look at other places and say, we want to make changes to these places because these we want to keep. Or you might say, you know, we can purchase the this sort of soft serve from the grocery store that we like and we can go to Costco or wherever and get some toppings and and mo- most of the time we can make that ourselves and go to yogurt land once or twice a month maybe right so it's it's once we bring awareness it's not about bringing shame or guilt. It's just about that awareness allowing us to move forward consciously, allocating our resources where we really want them to go. Phew, today's masterclass is done. I love reaching back and saying I've done this and helping you learn the easy way. If you want more, head to laurabiancapilcher.com for show notes, links, freebies, my blog, coaching and courses and you can also head to my socials Lara Bianca Pilcher on Instagram and Facebook I'm also on Twitter and Pinterest thanks again for listening please leave a review on Apple Podcasts; that would mean the world to me and of course keep on living the healthy wealthy wise artist living towards your dream life bye friends P.S. shout out to my hottie hubby Andrew Pilcher who does all the editing on this podcast. 